It truly is a privilege to initiate our last session regarding the amazing love of God. I tell you, time does fly when you're having fun, but I, I, honestly, I believe that we've entered into some things that really have pleased God. You know, and the wisdom of God, and wisdom is the principal thing. Uh, the key is, honestly, uh, really making the main thing the main thing, and the main thing is the love of God, according to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 20. It's a privilege, again, to have you with me, whether you're watching by video, listening by CD. I, I tell you, it is about the amazing love of God. And this session is called 4E. That may sound a little bit uh, different, but, you know, you've heard of 3D. Well, we're going to enter into 4E in our last session, and that'll become, we'll, we'll expound upon why we're calling it 4E as we enter into these specific variables of 4E. But by way of introduction, I, I simply want to share that, again, I believe God's pleased in us entering into this subject, which is so precious to Him. It's the love of God that caused him to send Jesus. It's the love of God that caused Jesus to die for us. It's the love of God that causes the Holy Spirit to stay in us even when we struggle or even sin. It's the love of God, really, that will cause us to enter into victory because God is love, 1 John 4, 8, and love never fails, 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Amen. Well, by way of introduction, I want to share as well that the love of God really is equal to our oneness, Oneness is, is intimacy, and you can't separate the love of God from having intimacy with God. As well, the love of God entails open relationship. When you love somebody, you don't hide from them. And, you know, uh, religion really supposes that, you know, God is somehow shrouded in mystery and hiding from us. Nothing can be further from the truth. God is openly making himself available to us through truth, and he desires open relationship. That's why we shared in John 6, 21 that, you know, Jesus walked on the water. Once he got in the boat, he caused the boat to, to be at its desired location in a, in a moment's time. Why? Because he wanted these men to know that the kingdom of heaven had come, that open relationship was readily available to them, and that which he was going to die for to procure for them. Glory to to God. Uh, the, the love of God is the name manifested. Uh, the manifested name. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. Uh, God's name, Jesus. Uh, th that's the will of God. Hallelujah. Uh, and the name Christ Jesus. The name Christ means manifested. So, you know, the gospel is God manifesting his name to you and me. Oh, glory to Jesus. It's amazing. I, I tell you, oh, we're going to look at this. Hallelujah. But God wants us to understand that it is imperative for this to become a reality in your life. Open relationship, ultra intimacy with God, the manifested name. Oh, man, that you have to be all in. You know, the word immersion, or I'm sorry, the word baptize is one of the most least understood words in the Bible. Immediately, most people, when they hear that word baptize, they correlate it with water baptism. And certainly water baptism is important and certainly part of the gospel. But most of the time when the word baptized is used in the Bible has nothing to do with water. Jesus said, can you be baptized with the baptism which I will be baptized with? Had nothing to do with water, of course, didn't entail being dunked three times. He's talking about the baptism of death. 
Uh, in, in Hebrews 6, when it, it talks about the elementary or foundational doctrines of Christ, it talks about the doctrine of baptisms, the baptism into the body of Christ, which is salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, baptism in water, the baptism of death. Uh, but the word baptism means immersed. Mark 16, it talks about uh, immersion. We need to be immersed in Christ. You know, you, you can have your foot in, in the water and it, it can just be ankle deep. You can be knee deep. You can be waist deep. But for this to work, you have to, it, I tell you, you got to be immersed. And the water has to be over your head. And, and I tell you, if you think, I'm going to be honest with you, that you're going to enter into these things that I'm talking about. I mean, I, I'm talking about entering into doing the works that Jesus did, every one of them, even raising people from the dead. And I, I know I've entered into that anointing. And I, you, you talk about, you know, uh, entering into transformation, transfiguration, translation, all those uh, realities being uh, from the same word, metamorpho. I mean, the transformation through the word, the transfigurative uh, power of his presence translation in the context of just really being able to enter into victory no matter what the situation no matter what the the, the, the size of the situation I, I mean I'm going to be honest with you it's not going to come by you just going to church on Sunday and Wednesday you have to be immersed you say what's it mean to be immersed it means to daily paying a price to enter into uh, really these realities uh, because, you see, they will be tried. First, first of all, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, the more something spiritually discerned, the more uh, difficult it's to enter into because your natural mind opposes it. When we talk about transformation, transfiguration, translation, when we're talking about having the same oneness with God Almighty, with the Father that Jesus has with Him and Him with Jesus, when we talk about the name manifested, when we talk about open relationship, all these things our natural mind opposes because... Uh, they are so spiritually discerned. Glory to God. They'll be tried, according to Mark 4, by, by persecution. They're going to be tried by trial. They're going to be tried. The enemy has a right to try to see if you really believe it. You really have to be immersed. And I'm not saying this to, to cause you to be afraid. My goodness, whatever you want most requires immersion. I mean, if, if you played uh, sports in high school or college, and I know I ran competitively in college, I ran 10, 15 miles a day, you know, being on cross-country team. And, uh, you know, a professional athlete, you have to be all in. If you have a high-profile job, you have to be all in. With your family, you have to be all in. I tell you, you want to enter into this reality uh, of experiencing the amazing love of God and then loving God back accordingly, you have to be all in. And I just want, I want to share two verses, two passages in this regard. One is Luke 17, 6 to 10. The apostles asked Jesus, what do we need to do to have great faith? And, you know, he, he said, faith is like a mustard seed. And, but then he said this. He said, which of you having a servant, you know, after he, he does this, this in the field, when he comes into the house, will just say, you know, go to your room. No, he says, uh, you're going to ask him to do something else. And he said, don't think when you've done what's required of you, 
that you're going to get the blessing, that you're going to enter into mountain-moving faith. He said, when you've done what is required of you, simply saying, you know what, I've done what's required, but not what is necessary to enter into the hundredfold. You have to go beyond. You need to come early to church and, and stay late. You need to enter into the Word, not just in the context of what you feel you're obligated to do, but man, you need to enter in. Oh, man, I, I, honestly, God told Joshua, man, look at a day and night. You need to enter into the Word. You need to enter in the the things of the spirit a hundredfold you say man i'm not liking this so much i'll tell you what then you need to get another dip i believe a lot of you are saying i do like it but this is not a game god requires everything you have and so often we say okay i've done i've done you know better than most but you're not judged on the curve jesus got up early in, in hours you know to spend in the word ministered all day and, and then they got with the father at night we, we, uh, let me give you this simple example. Those of you who are familiar with my ministry know that I've shared on these scriptures from different uh, vantage points, Second Kings chapter 2. It's a type of how to enter into the anointing, and certainly it is a type of how to enter in to the amazing love of God being a hundredfold viable in your life. And uh, it starts out with Gilgal, uh, Elisha, I was following Elijah. They started at Gilgal. Gilgal is the starting point. It's the place of equipping. And I'm so glad that, that you are immersing yourself in this teaching through this video series, through this CD series. I, I tell you what, you can't enter into something that you don't start out with. And you're starting out and saying, I want this. Amen. That's admirable. You start out at Gilgal. Gilgal's salvation. Gilgal is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Gilgal's entering into fivefold uh, ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Gilgal is entering in to making the main thing the main things. Gilgal's entering into the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. A amen. All right. But then they went to Bethel. Bethel represents church. And Bethel is, I'm going to be very honest with you. Uh, you know, this is our, our last uh, session, so I'm going to give it to you uh, just straight up. As, uh, you know, and but Bethel's church, you can't expect to enter into doing the works that Jesus did, walking in health, walking in, in prosperity, walking in blessing, uh, uh, winning souls, doing the works that Jesus did, and, and being in the church is not a hundredfold. I mean, how do you expect to be in a church that's not correlative to the light that you have or correlative in vision to where you want to go. I mean, that doesn't make sense. You're only going to go as far as those you associate with and submit yourself to. You can't, I mean, if you want to walk in healing, why would you go to a church that believes that healing's been done away with? If you want to enter into the, uh, the, the three T's, transformation, transfiguration, and translation, why, why would you uh, go to a church that mocks that and laughs at it? If you want to enter into doing the works that Jesus did, I mean, and you know, how would you, man, why, how can you say that I'm going to go to church that doesn't believe and that I have the faith of God? I mean, how can you enter into doing the works that Jesus did without the faith that Jesus had? I mean, how, why would you want to be in a place? I'm not condemning anything, but you need to walk according to the light that you have and to according to the vision that you want to enter into. 
you got to go to Bethel God's way. Amen. And some people don't even go to Bethel because they've been offended. I want to tell you something. Uh, you wouldn't stop going to a banker because you were offended by the teller. Amen. The, the cashier check. No, you, you wouldn't stop going to a, you know, eating because you're offended at a restaurant. No. Why would you stop going to church? Because somebody offended you there. No. Uh, but the third is Jericho. Jericho is a place of battle. I'm going to tell you something. This message is going to be tried. People are going to persecute you and say you're crazy by thinking that you can be loved like, that you're loved by God the Father as, as, as much as Jesus is. They're going to tell you, you know what, that you're, you're in a cult, you're fanatical, you're this, you're that. I'm here to tell you something. Those who aren't grounded in the Word of God, they're going to tell you that, man, you know, you're, you're, this is this not going to come to pass. The devil's going to do everything he can to stop you from entering in really to this being viable man man you know did you ever you know you say man i believe god loves me as much as jesus i believe i'm going to walk in the fullness of health I, I, and then you get sick the next day i believe i'm going to walk in prosperity you get a flat tire i believe i'm going to enter in you know to loving my wife and my children as i never have before and then you get in an argument with your wife and your you know your adolescent son you know kicks the door and says you know i want to talk to you now i'm here to tell you something there's jericho you're not going to enter into this if you don't understand that there's a battle involved. Satan hates what I'm sharing with you. Satan hates you entering into this, but that's good news. I, the devil's mad and I'm glad. And he's underneath my feet. And he's not going to be able to touch me, but I'm going to go through some battles. Mm, Jesus. You know, David entered into sexual sin when it was time for kings and your king to go out to war. And he said, not this time. No, we don't get tired of the war. We, you know, you can get tired in the battle, but not of the battle. I, I tell you, battle's good. I love battle, man. I've had about seven battles today fighting for little kids that have been sexual abused. I've been with lawyers. I've been with judges. I've been with intercessors. I've been with this and that. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I'm here to tell you this. Jesus Christ is with you in the midst of the fire. And the more you want to enter in the intimacy with God, you're going to have to walk through some fire because the devil's going to throw some false fire at you. But when you walk in the fire of God's love, that fire dissipates the, 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 uh, the enemy. And, and I tell you, the fire of God, the fire of the love of God will burn him up to the glory of God. Lastly, you go to the Jordan. What's a Jordan? Jordan means literally to be covered up. It's where you die to self. And you say, man, you know what? I think I'm doing great by being the Word of God for an hour a day. But the Holy Ghost is telling me to be in the Word two hours a day. And your flesh doesn't like it. Because your flesh says an hour is more than virtually everybody else you know. An hour is more than enough. And then the Spirit of God says, I want you to confess the Word when you're driving to work in an hour. I want the, you to confess the Word of God. And then he says, I want you to fast. On Sunday, I don't want you watching that football game that you like to watch. I'm not against football. I coach football. And, and, you know, and I taught high school. You know, and I, I coach cross country and track and I love sports. But man, if God tells you to give up something so he can give you something, then you need to be willing to give you up. You need to die to yourself. Amen. Don't shout me down when I'm teaching good. You say, well, you can't see where I'm at. No, but I can sense you. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. This is good, man. I tell you what, people are looking for a cause to die for. Jesus, we need to die to ourselves so we can enter in to this being real. All right. Amen. Uh, that, that's strong. But if, if Jesus is worth it, 
then we need to share the cost. Amen? All right. Now let's enter into the four E's. The four E's are excitement, excitement, expectation, experience, experience. And we'll explain why there's two experiences. That you need to be excited. Man, if you, if you listen to the first five CDs or watch the first five videos and you're not excited, man, you're either dead, uh, really you need to be raised, or, or, or second, uh, really you're not mixing your faith with what you heard. You say, what's it mean to mix my faith? It means to make a decision to believe. You see, I don't care what God has revealed to you. Your flesh is always going to come against it. There are times you're not going to feel like it. it's Bible. You're not going to feel like the revelation is going to work. You're not going to feel like the revelation's working. You're not going to feel like you're worthy of it. There's always going to be something because you're in this fleshly body that says, you know what? Uh, this isn't 100% because your flesh isn't going to chime in with revelation because your flesh is flesh. It's governed by the five sense world in the natural and you've got to go from the natural to the spirit realm and you do that by mixing your faith by making a decision to believe. In your heart you know it's true but your soul is always going to challenge it because it's solical. So you've got to make a decision to believe. Man, some, some of the greatest miracles I've ever had. I, I, I mean, really blind eyes open. I, I mean, cancer destroyed. I, I mean, oh, Jesus. You know, death destroyed. I, I, I tell you, that's when I felt the worst. I, I didn't feel like the word of God was true. I didn't sense the presence of Jesus. But, but I believed that the word of God was true. I know that Jesus was with me, but I didn't feel a thing. You'd think if a great miracle was going to happen, you'd feel something. But you know what? The bottom line is this. The word of God works whether I feel it or not. Faith is, an, uh, is the engine of the train. And the, I'll be honest with you, the engine will work whether the caboose is in line or not. You know, if the caboose, you know, isn't attached, it'll still work. God wants feelings, you know, to line up with, uh, your, you know, with your faith. But sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. But you, you, I'll be honest with you. You, we as Christians should be the most excited people in the world and excitement and joy go together. The joys of your spirit, all right? That's just being, you know, it's an excitement in your spirit. Joy is an excitement in your spirit. Happiness is an excitement in your soul. And someone says, you know, uh, someone came up to me a while ago. They said, Christians need to be joyful but not happy. And I said, have you never read in the word of God that happy are the people whose God is the Lord? Amen. Excitement, amen, should translate into joy through your, in your spirit and, and happiness in your soul. Glory to God. We should be the most excited people in the world. I mean, if this is real, come on. I mean, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said in John 17, the joy that I entered into, hallelujah, I'm given to you. Jesus said the reason I'm speaking this and, and now is so you can have my joy in yourself. Jesus didn't go around grumpy. Jesus didn't go around as like somebody that guarded him with vinegar and, you know, after he woke up. No, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah 8.10. We need to be excited. Woo! Excitement again is joy in your spirit and happiness in your soul. We, we need to be excited. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Excitement. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Glory to Jesus. Woo! I'm excited. Amen? Hallelujah. You, you know, mm, Jesus. 
Man, if you knew you were going to uh, win a million dollars, uh, you know, somehow, I don't, you know, I, well, let's just say if you knew that your Aunt Jane or your great uh, Uncle Joe is going to give you a million dollars in inheritance next week, would you be excited? Sure you would be. Amen? Uh, honestly, of course you would be. How much more should you be excited, glory to God, that God has given you the victory to live even as he lived, even as he is you are in this world? Woo, glory to God. I, I, I tell you what, excitement is power. Amen? The joy of the Lord is your strength. First Thessalonians 2.13, the Bible says this, and we also especially thank God continually for this, that when you received the message of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of mere men, but as it truly is the word of the living God, which is effectually at work in you who believe, exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to and trust in and rely on it. Glory to God. He's saying, ma'am, to those of you who are Christians, who, are, who believe the word of God, who understand it, it's, ex, oh man, it's exercising superhuman power in you. <clears throat> the faith of God, the love of God, the wisdom of God, the victory of God, the triumph of God, the life of God. Man, he, he's saying, we rejoice in this, that you're excited about the word. Glory to Jesus. Again, we should be the most excited people in the world. And excitement is strength. You know, the Bible talks about faith of works going together. You know, faith without works is dead. And one of the things that goes with faith is excitement. If, how can you say you believe that, that you know, someone's going to give you a million dollars and not be excited? I mean, that's not congruent, is it? It doesn't make sense. When you're believing, hallelujah, that you have eternal life, you're going to be excited. When you believe that Jesus Christ loves you, man, as much as he loves the Father, and the Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus, and the Spirit of God is in your life and under koinonia with him. Woo, man, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Man, you got to be excited. Excitement is the key, amen, you know, foundationally in the context of being your faith being viable because, again, if you've got faith, come on, are you not going to be excited? Man, if you, if you know, man, that this is for real, you're not going to be excited? Uh, so it's not taught about like it should be. True faith mm, will produce excitement. Man, true faith will produce joy in your spirit. That's why the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it is righteousness. Understanding you're the righteousness of God in Christ. It is peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. And what does that cause? It causes joy in the Holy Ghost. Man, if you understand that you're as righteous as Jesus, are you serious? And you're not going to be excited about it? Come on. Man, if you, if you understand what, that that lends itself unto peace, nothing missing, nothing broken, and peace also entails being able to go through a storm of challenge, a storm of difficulty, a storm of trial, knowing that you're going to come out the other end and win. Does that not go and produce joy, happiness, and excitement? Ooh, glory to God. 
Man, I, I could spend so, mm, Jesus, long on that, but that's the first variable. Man, excitement and the expectation. Glory to God. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, <clears throat> verses 11 and 12, it's the first thing that God taught the young prophet. Jeremiah was a young man, and <clears throat> he's doubting himself, and God, God's teaching him. You know what? Before you were, man, man I, when you're in the womb, I, I called you to this office. Man, it's, go, it's going to be a good deal. There's going to be challenges, but I'm going to be with you. And in Jeremiah 1, 11 and 12, he says this, <clears throat> Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. And the Amplified, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree, the emblem, the emblem of alertness and activity blossoming in late winter. Then said the Lord to me, you have seen well, for I am alert, I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. He said, I am a God that will accomplish what I've said I would do. I am a God that brings expectation. And Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, let's go there. Philippians chapter 1, verse 20. It's a powerful verse. The devil was trying to take away <clears throat> the hope that the apostle Paul had entered into regarding his life. And the enemy was just doing his best to do everything he could to discourage him. And the scripture says this, that you will move according to my earnest expectation and hope. Glory to God. Expectation is the key. You see, faith, is the substance of things hoped for. If the devil can take away your hope, then your faith will be useless. Christ is in you the hope of glory. Christ is in you, woo, giving you an expectation that the very glory that Jesus Christ entered into as a man 2,000 years ago, the glory of intimacy with God, the glory of experiencing the amazing love of God is that which is equally yours. Even as you are as righteous as Jesus by his blood, even as you have as much authority as Jesus have, even as he has given you his authority, even as the very love that Jesus was loved with by the Father, that same love is your inheritance as a joint heir with him. Glory to God. And when we say, it's one thing to say, you know what? <clears throat> I believe that God loves me as much as Jesus. It's one thing to, to, to quote John 17, 26, and I quote it every day. Oh, man, sometimes hundreds of times every day. You say, well, isn't that vain repetition? No, that is repetition that's not vain, glory to God. The Bible says, do away with vain repetition like the Gentiles do when they think they're going to be heard for their, you know, saying the same thing. There is vain repetition and then there is glorious repetition. Man, that's why, man, the angels are singing around the throne, the heavenly choir is saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, continually, 24-7. Glory to God. But see, it's one thing to quote it. It's another thing to expect it to happen in your life. See, I'm giving you things in this last session that causes you to mix your faith, man, with the love of God. See, it's one thing to say, you know what? I believe that I'm going to be loved just like Jesus was loved today in my life. 
But it's another thing to say it with expectancy and say, you know what? I'm going to have such favor with God today and with man. That I, I mean, there's going to be promotion. There's going to be people asking me about Jesus. And I'm going to enter in mm, whoo, to living my life in a way that it's exactly like Jesus lived his life. I don't want to get ahead of myself because I want, this is in the context of experience. But man, that's when it starts to be real. When you expect to enter into the word of God like Jesus did. Man, man that's when it gets real. Glory to God. You, you know, when you, oh, hallelujah, you, you read the word of God, it becomes alive to you. Glory to God. See, expectation is a key. I'm going to ask you this. Right now, how much do you expect to experience the love of God? See, I've been teaching you a lot about the reality of the love of God, but you need to get excited about it and be expectant woo, regarding it. Hallelujah. Man, there's so much we want to enter into. All right, now I've got the next two E's are experience, experience. The third experience is inward out. There's a, see, you have to experience God inwardly before you experience God outwardly. So the first experience is experiencing God inwardly through the revelation of the word of God. I've shared this testimony before, but it bears repetition. Uh, years ago, uh, my, my second daughter, we have four daughters, my wife and I, and uh, she had a horrible growth on the side of her face. And my wife and I prayed. It just didn't go away. We had it surgically removed. And it's, it started to grow back again. The daughter started, the doctor, I mean, he said, you know what? This is very, very serious. I can't keep removing this surgically. I mean, when I went to the, to the post-op, I mean, in the office, he pulled, I, 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 really, uh, man, a roll of gauze that was about the size of the fit, my, my fist. I mean, it came out of her head. And he said, now it's growing back. He said, I can't keep operating. Well, anyways, I went on a fast. My wife and I were praying third day of the fast. I'm walking in this cornfield about a half mile, maybe a mile from my house. And uh, as God is my witness, fire came in my right hand about the size of a 50-cent piece. I mean, I could, I, it was like it was yesterday, even though it was decades ago. And uh, the Lord said, go and, and lay hands on her. And when I, and the fire will destroy the growth. And I didn't. The fire went into her head, destroyed the growth. I ran her up to the doctor. He said, she's completely whole. Well, the next time, I was a younger Christian back then, don't know, didn't know what I know now and still got a lot to learn. And I, I, well, what would you do? Man, one of my kids got sick after that. I went up in that cornfield and just stuck my hand out waiting for fire. Well, God spoke to me and said, I've got something better than fire. I said, man. As God be good, what's going to happen now? He said, I've got inward faith. Inward faith. I didn't understand it then. I'm starting to understand it more now. He said, inward faith. See, God works from the inside out. You know, when they were not in the promised land, I mean, their shoes didn't wear out, their clothes didn't wear out, their hair didn't need cut. I mean, they had fire, you know, uh, at night, cloud by day, fire by night. Manna came down from heaven. I don't know about you. That sounds like the promised land to me. But it wasn't because it was outside in. So, they, man, they go into the promised land. Man, now their clothes need washed. Their hair needs cut. Now, now there's no manna coming from heaven. They got to plant seeds in these little holes after they dig it up. But that doesn't sound like the promised land to me, but it was because, see, God is teaching them how to live inwardly. 
inwardly by faith to know that the fire of God's there when you can't see it, to know that the cloud by day is there when you can't sense it, to know, glory to God, that the man is going to come even though it doesn't come right in front of you. You see, revelation is the key. Glory to Jesus. When you are so excited and expectant that you're going to enter in woo, to experience revelation from the Word of God and to the faith of God. I, I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing like it in the world. I'm going to be very honest with you. The greatest thing that God can give you is inward faith. And Romans 4 talks about Abram, Abraham. And the Bible says, with the father of us all. It, oh, glory to God. It, it says that Abraham entered into the written word of God and he believed God, even God, who calls those things which be not as though they were and, quick, and causes the dead to rise. And it says when there was no hope, he believed in hope. And it says that being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, him being about 100 years old. He really was 99. Neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. But being not weak in faith, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but believed that, that he, what God had promised he would also perform. And, and herein he gave glory to God and was recognizing him for righteousness. Can I tell you something? Faith is the key to life. Faith is the key to life. You will only interact with Jesus in reality and viability according to your faith. Jesus will only be real to you according to your faith. What is faith? It's knowing that you know that you know inside that what God's word has said is true. And if you know that what he said is true, whoo, glory to God, you're going to enter into living according to the word and everything in this word, every one of the 3,000 plus promises in the word of God is going to be what your life consists of. So man, you're excited. Woo! When you get in the word of God, when you, oh man, uh, here's what I say. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm so excited to get in the word of God. I'm expecting you in the name of Jesus, Father, through the power of the Holy Ghost to reveal the word of God to me just like you revealed it to Jesus. So even as he entered in to be by revelation knowing who he was, even the Son of God, you will cause me to know who I am in Christ, even the righteousness of God, who. In him, hallelujah. And I expect, I'll get excited, I expect this word to come alive. And I'll tell you what it does. Does the devil try to come against me yet yeah, with sleepy spirits? Does the devil try to come against me with unworthiness? Does the devil try to come against me with saying it's not working? Yes. But I curse it in Jesus' name because I know because he loves me. Even as much as he loved Jesus, he will open this word to me just like he did to Jesus. Glory to God. You see, this is how we experience the amazing love of God. Woo, hallelujah. Matthew 16, 16 to 18. Jesus said, you know, who do men say that I am? You know, I'm sorry, 16, 16. And they said, some say prophets, some say this, some say that. But he said, who do you say that I am? Only one spoke up. Peter said, I believe that you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, mm, man, you didn't reveal this to yourself. 
My Father in heaven by the Holy Ghost revealed this. And I call you Simon Barjona. You know what Barjona means? It means son of the Holy Ghost. Son of the Holy Ghost. Son of revelation. Woo! Glory to God. And he said the gates of hell will never prevail against you because of the rock of revelation. He said you're Peter, a small pebble in the natural that the devil could destroy. But because the spirit of revelation is in you and you got the faith of God accordingly, the devil can never withstand you. He can't stand up against you. He will melt before you. He will be underneath your feet because of the rock of revelation. And whatsoever you bound in, on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed on heaven. Glory to God. This is whoo, the, th the third E. It is experience of the word of God. It's experience while you're in the quiet place you hear the voice of the living God according to John 5 19 according to John 10 that his sheep hear his voice man you're in the quiet place and, and when I'm in the quiet place I, I tell God I'm going to hear your voice just like Jesus heard so I know what to do today so I, I can hear you tell me that you love me just like you told him. So I, I, I'm going to hear your voice I'm going to enter into the revelation of the word inwardly Man, I'm going to enter into hearing your voice. Woo, glory to God. I'm going to enter in, hallelujah, inwardly. Oh, glory to God, the fire of God. Zechariah 2.5, the fire within and the fire without. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. See, when you get it inwardly, nobody can take it from you because the world didn't give it to you so they can't take it away. And the devil can only work from the outside. He can't work from the inside because God, according to the book of James, is the father of spirits. But he, you see, he were, he's the God of this world working from the outside in through the five sense realm. Man, when you get it from the inside and live from the inside, the devil can't touch you, but you will destroy him moment by moment. And your flesh, it can't dominate you because you're living not by your flesh, but by the inward man. Glory to God by your spirit, man. All right. Now let's enter into the fourth E. Glory to God. Experience in this realm. God just didn't give you faith so you can say you have faith. God just didn't let you hear his voice so you can say you heard the voice of God. The kingdom of heaven has come. The kingdom of heaven is first within, the Bible says. But now it's in you so it can explode, hallelujah, so you can live, <clears throat> glory to God, in abundant life, John 10, 10, that you can live even as Jesus Christ lived. Again, when you're loved by somebody, they want the best for you. What is the best that God could give you? It's the image of his son. It's the life that he lived. Jesus didn't just die so you could go to heaven. He died so his life could be your life. Glory to God. He's the vine, you're the branches. 1 John 4, 17, even as he is in the heavenlies, we taught on this, 1 Timothy 2, 5, Ephesians 2, 6, so are you in this world. Woo, glory to God. So let, let's look at, a little bit at this. Glory to God. Now we said, you know, you get faith through the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says that you've been called 
to experience his glory and virtue. Glory to God. It's amazing. You've been called to experience his very glory. What's his glory? It's what he consists of. His name is it's what he consists of. Glory to Jesus. You see, the word is Jesus Christ. It's not about Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ. It is the living word. So the word manifested is the glory of God. Hallelujah. The manifested name is the glory of God. Jesus said, I've given you my word that you might partake of my glory. Woo, hallelujah. Because when the word gets in your heart and the faith, it causes you to know what the will of God is. Faith begins where the will of God is known. It causes you to know what God wants your life to consist of. And you don't wake up saying, you know, what the, what's the day going to be like? You wake up saying, I decree the decree that how Jesus lived, I will live today. <clears throat> I will live in the faith of God. I will live in the love of God. I will live in the favor of God. I will live in the wisdom of God. I will do the works of God. I will hear the voice of God. I will experience the transformative, transfigurative, translative power of the living God. Why? Because it's inside you and now it is to be experienced. Glory to go with me to John 17, 6. There's so much. Woo, glory to God. I told you we're going out with fireworks. And man, I tell you what, we're going to get, we're going to do a couple grand finales. Hallelujah. John 17, 6. Jesus said, Jesus prays for himself, first five uh, uh, verses of his high priestly prayer, and he says, I've manifested the name. It was all about manifesting the name. Again, the manifested name equals the glory of God, because the name of God is synonymous with the glory of God. Moses said, show me my, your, your glory. God says, I will manifest my name. The glory of God and the name of God are synonymous. The virtue of God and the name of God are synonymous. The manifested name is the name that is in your everyday life. Jesus said, man, I've manifested the name. Hallelujah. And he says, Father, <clears throat> I want one thing for these men. I want the name to be continually manifested that I manifested, woo, to be manifested through the Holy Ghost in their lives. I don't want the name to be something talked about. I don't want to <clears throat> talk to me. I don't want them to pray to me like I'm not in the room. I don't want my name to be taught but not manifested. I want everything I am to be experienced. I'm going to say that again. Jesus' love is his desire for everything he is to be manifested by you. That's why he's in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. The manifested name is the key. And that's the glory of God. That's why he said in John 17, 11, Father, the thing I want most, if you manifest the name, and the reason that is, let's look at verses 21. He says, to all those who believe in me, verse 20, I want this to be done for them, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that even as I'm in you, Father, and you in me, that relationally, in the context of intimacy, they would be equal. 
in the context, obviously not as God, but in the context of intimacy. They would be one even as I am one with you, even as your heart is manifested in me, even as my heart is manifested in you, that our hearts will be manifested in them. Man, if that doesn't get you excited, expect it, and give you revelation unto experience, nothing will. Then he goes on to say that the very glory of God that I experienced Woo, whether on the Mount of Transfiguration, whether in the context of hearing his voice, I've given to them grace for grace. Then he says the same Holy Spirit that, that, that I was anointed with that caused me to minister as I did, how God anointed me with the Holy Ghost and I went around healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Amen. That that same Holy Ghost would be in them. The same Holy Ghost that raised me from the dead would cause them to walk in resurrection power. That would, them, would cause them to walk in the fusion power. That would cause them to walk in victory and triumph. See, that's love. That's the amazing love of God. Not that you might just say, I believe in God or even know God, but the very life, the very glory of his being would be who I am and what I experience. Mm, glory to Jesus. It's amazing. Verse 23 said, in this oneness, man, that's how we get perfected. And John 17, 26, you know if you're going to listen to a teaching by me, it's always going to go to John 17, 26. Because this is, these are the last words that Jesus prayed. This is his ultimate objective. He says, I have decreed unto them thy name, and I will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Listen to me what I'm going to say. I've taught on this before, but I, I want to accentuate it right now. If you're going to enter in to experience the love of God or experience victory in any area of your life, you have to learn to decree the decree. The decree is what the king states. Can I tell you something? This book was written by the king of kings. Glory to God. Jesus said, declaration and decree are synonymous. Jesus said, I have decreed, I've declared thy name. Meaning he manifested. Just like Romans 1.4 says this, concerning Jesus, he was decreed, he was declared to be with power, the son of God by the resurrection, uh, through the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus says, you know what? I have decreed that the love that I was loved with they will be loved with. But it's not going to work for you. That prayer was answered. But you got to enter into agreement by decree with that prayer for it to be viable in your life. So you say, I decree the decree. The decree of the King of Kings has been made through the word of God. John 17, 26. Now I decree the decree. I decree the decree. I decree that even as Jesus Christ was loved by the Father infinitely, uh, oh, exceedingly, that today I will be loved in that manner. I will experience the love of God by his presence, by revelation, by favor, by infused power, Philippians 4.13, mm, by doing the works that Jesus did, by experiencing the glory that Jesus entered into, by hearing the voice of love, 
that causes me, Father God, to love you back, even as Jesus did as a son. See, you experience the word through revelation. God says you've got the spirit of his son. You have obtained the spirit of his son. Oh, what's that mean? It means, man, the heart of Jesus Christ as the Son is in you by the Holy Ghost. That you interact with the Father like Jesus did as a son. It says you have the Spirit of Christ Jesus. What's that mean? It means that you enter into understanding and knowing because of the blood of Jesus, because he's given you his righteousness, that the Holy Ghost will confirm you just like he confirmed Jesus, because in the eyes of the Holy Ghost, you are as righteous as Jesus, have the same authority as Jesus, because you're a joint heir with Jesus, and because of that, you're going to be loved as Jesus was loved, according to prayer that he prayed in John 17, 26. Does this change everything? It changes everything. Because every name, according to John 17, 26, God will manifest in your life as you decree the decree according to the prayer that he prayed. So let's just look at some of these as we close. Man, in Mark 9, 1, it says Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to a high mountain and was transfigured before them. And the transfiguration is shared in Mark 9, Luke 9, and Matthew 17. It says as he prayed... Now, here's what happened. Jesus said, you know what? When I pray, the glory of God comes. And this is part of the kingdom of God. This is part of your inheritance. When you pray, I want you to know that you're going to experience the presence, oh my, the presence of the Father in an amazing way. The Shekinah glory of God. Someone says, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe I can experience the presence of God like Jesus did. Well, guess what? Then you won't. But Jesus said you should. And you can, and why won't you? See, pride, you think you're humble and saying, you, you, oh, you could never experience the presence of God like Jesus, but really you're prideful. Because pride is saying something different than what Jesus said. Man, the, uh, the presence of God was so strong in Second Chronicles, they could, the priest couldn't enter into the temple. The Bible says in Revelations 1, 6, you're a priest and a king unto God. Listen to me, listen to me. How can you be loved like Jesus was loved without experiencing the presence of the Father like Jesus experienced it? That is the love of God. You say, I'm not worthy. No, we're not worthy but except by the blood. You say, it's too good for me. I say to you, Jesus Christ says it is. This is why you have to continue meditating this unto revelation and experience. I remember when I was a young Christian. I mean, just 19 years old. And I was a good runner in cross country for a certain university. And we were running in state championships and I wasn't going to be able to run. I had shin splints so bad it's when uh, really the fiber just separates from the bone and regarding your shin. And I could hardly walk. And, and man, I didn't know much about God, but I'm in the, I'm in the service. And, and, and fire goes through my leg, my right leg, where I couldn't walk hardly. And I could, I could walk perfectly. Wow. Someone says, wow, God must really favor you. Well, he favors me because I've got the favor that Jesus had by grace. And he certainly doesn't favor me anymore than he favors you. Wow. Transformation. 
The Holy Ghost giving you revelation under faith just like he did to Jesus. It's transfigurative glory. I mean the glory of God. That's what we need to live for. Wow. The presence of God in an amazing way. The voice of God in an amazing way. Translation. Now I don't believe you can go to heaven whenever you want like some people teach. To me that's, it's so contrary to the word of God it makes me weep. Makes God weep. Translation in the context. Yeah, there is translation. I mean, that can happen at, at times, but it's not something that's daily bread. And the Bible plainly states that. But it's a translation that when you're laying hands on the sick, that little boy that was dead when I laid hands on him, he's, he's alive. I, I mean, you know, blind eyes that see. It translates when you're fighting a battle. And man, the glory, the, the faith that you entered into by transformation by the word of God. Romans chapter 12, amen, verses 1, 2, and 3. And that glory you experience in it, through his presence and his voice. Now you have faith to believe that when you feel weak, you're strong. And the very glory of Jesus, the very strength of Jesus is going to be infused into you as you decree the decree of Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who infuses the very life of Christ, the very strength of Christ into me, grace for grace, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. You see, this is the way we live. This is the way we experience the Father. We experience the Son. We experience Cornelia with all the Spirit. It is amazing. Woo! It is amazing. Say this with me. It is amazing. Woo! And you can enter into this because it's been bought and paid for. Because it's so much more about him than you. But it is about you in the sense that we have to pay a price in the sense of, you know, it's a reasonable price. Nothing that Jesus prayed, not Jesus prayed, in the sense that, glory to God, he paid a price that you couldn't pay. Oh, let's go on to this. Galatians 5, you know, 23, and talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Let's go there. A lot of times we enter into the gifts of the Spirit. We need to understand that, man, that daily we need to enter into the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit as shared in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Glory to God. Uh, Galatians, amen, 5. I'm so excited I can hardly find anything. Glory to Jesus. I'm just excited. I guess I'm practicing what I'm preaching. Amen. But in Galatians chapter 5, hallelujah, talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And it says this, love. The very love of God is in you. Joy. The joy of Christ is in you. The peace of God is in you. Hallelujah. The long-suffering of God is in you. Patience. Gentleness is in you. Goodness is in you. The faith of God is in you. The meekness of God is in you. The temperance of God is in you. Wow. Why? Because his image has been given to you. The gifts of the Spirit. My goodness, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation, prophecy. My, my, all the gifts of the Spirit, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, the gifts, plural, of healing. They should be experienced every day by you. Why? Because you're joint heir with Christ. Jesus entered into them every day. Why shouldn't you? Again, when you're loved by God, 
It's in the heart of God for you to experience life as Jesus experienced it. Jesus lived a perfect life. Hallelujah. Jesus overcame uh, that you, hallelujah. Jesus lived a perfect life that he could give you his righteousness. He, he lived an overcoming life, grace for grace, so you could overcome and enter into the things you entered into. Jesus became sin that you could enter into his righteousness and his life could become your life. Man, your old self died when he died. But his glory was given to you, grace for grace, when he arose. Man, and, and I shared this, but I want to share it again. The infused glory of God. There's nothing like it in the world. Man, your flesh is for real. Sometimes you don't feel, I mean, like faith is working. Sometimes but God will give you grace to perceive it. Sometimes, it, man, it, it seems like you're so weak. And maybe you just messed up because you walked in the flesh rather than in the spirit. And it's like, man, it just seems like you, you, there's no strength to overcome some days. It seems like what God's telling you to do is impossible. I mean, Abram goes to God and says, man, you, you tell me I'm going to be the father of nations and I can't even have a child myself. That's a promise with my wife. And God says before he gets them in deeper, before he gets them out, he says, okay, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham, meaning I'm going to make you the father of many nations. When, when man, I, I, oh my gosh, when he never had a, his son wasn't there yet. But Isaac came. God would, it is so exciting. It is so exciting to speak as Jesus spoke. To live as Jesus lived. To enter into the strength of faith that Jesus himself lived by. It's amazing. The wisdom of God. I just give you, you know, the gifts of the Spirit. Every day I counsel people in possible situations. And I have to enter into the authority that Jesus entered into the way he entered into it. I, I mean, e even tonight. I, I mean, there is, we're talking life and death. We're talking a situation where a, a little child is, is being destroyed and I, and I took authority. I mean, but it wasn't, it was not my voice. It was not my authority. It was the authority of God through me. And a miracle, a miracle took place. Man, I shared this with you. A guy that helped disciple me, Mark Geppard. He's a director of Southeast Asian Prayer Center. He's, I mean, he's led over, I think, a million people, Lord, something like that. And he shared a testimony with me. I, I shared this with you before. I, I met with him at uh, Eaton Park. It's a restaurant in East Pittsburgh. And I was excited because I prayed for a precious lady, a tumor the size of a volleyball, and it disappeared. And, uh, um, and I knew he had raised someone from the dead. And his testimony was this. He was church planting in Guatemala, a hill country. And I came across a, a little boy that, he, that said he'd read a, a, the Gospel of John in his village. And most people couldn't read. And he said, can I pray for anything? His, the mother of the little boy and the little boy's sister went in the back room. Uh, there's a man there was the dad. And Mark thought the guy was sleeping. And he said, can you pray for him? And supernaturally, he spoke, he spoke in other tongues. That's part of your inheritance. He spoke in other tongues, interpreted it, and said, I break the chains in the name of Jesus. It wasn't him speaking. It was God speaking through him. 
Man, he came back. I, I make a long story short. He didn't even know the guy was dead. He thought he was sleeping. He comes back. A doctor flies him in in a helicopter. All these people to see him. He said, who are they here to see? The doctor said, don't mess around with something as serious like this. He said, well, who are they here to see? He said, they're here to see you. He said, why? Because of the man you raised from the dead. He didn't even know he raised the red from the dead. But you see, I, it was God in him. Hallelujah. It was the life of God in him. The life of God through him. This is what it means to be a Christian. To have the Holy Ghost lead you, live through you, infuse Christ into you. Woo, hallelujah. Cause you to worship like Jesus worshiped. Cause you to believe like Jesus believed. Cause you to receive like Jesus received. Cause you to enter into the fruits of the Spirit like Jesus lived. Cause you enter the gifts of the Spirit like Jesus manifested caused you to see the love of the Father, the love of the Holy Spirit, even as he did, and enter into koinonia, fellowship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Let me just share a few more things before we close. This series, not just this session, but this series. Go with me to Psalm 37, 4. The Bible says that desire unfulfilled in the book of Proverbs is it brings great heartache. But a desire fulfilled, this Proverbs 13, 12, is like eating of the tree of life. God will never give you a desire that he will not fulfill. Mm. You say, well, I, there are unfulfilled desires. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You can make up for lost time now. And if there's something you can't get back, I'll tell you what, God's going to restore to, to mm, as much as, oh, I'll tell you, God will is a God of restoration. Now listen to this in Psalm 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Man, that's being excited. Woo, about God. Delight yourself in the Lord. Oh, glory to God. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he will bring it to pass. Listen to me. There is no desire that God gives and does not bring to pass. I prayed with so many people that couldn't have children. God brought it to pass. Glory to God. I pray with so many people dying of cancer. We've seen tremendous success in that area. And we're still growing in that area of success. I, I honestly, there are many of you listening, watching, and saying, you know, man, I, the life that I'm living, I'm just trying to get by. I'm here to tell you something. God is not just a get-by God. God is a God that loves you so much that he will give you the desires that he's placed in your heart. But the greatest desire has to be to conform to his image, to experience his glory. There is nothing that God will not do. In John 14, 13, Jesus said, Ask anything in my name and I will do it. Now listen to this. In the Greek it says, and if I don't have it, I'll make it for you. I, I, I tell you, I, I know so many creative miracles. 
Glory to God. But again, we're back to the word of God. And Luke twenty two fifty one, there is a man coming to apprehend Jesus, Melchius. Peter cut off his ear. You, you know, he's dying. His, his head's, you know, half his head's gone. If Peter, I mean, we're not talking a butter knife. We're talking a sword. The man's dying. Jesus touches him. He, he, the whole side of his face and his ear is recreated. That's what Jesus did to a man that was coming to kill him, not under covenant. What do you think he'd do for you? Jesus ever lives for you to be loved by him. That includes desires fulfilled. But you know, I think the greatest desire that we should have is to minister unto his heart. To make up for what the Bible says is lacking in Christ. Listen to me. That doesn't mean that you have to suffer. It means he's talking about the gospel being preached. To share the gospel. To fill the, the job description of Luke 4. Share the gospel with everybody. Bind up the brokenhearted, deliverance to the captives, physical wholeness to those who need it, discipling the nations, proclaiming the year of Jubilee. My brother and sister, it's all about love. You can't be loved by God, not love him back. I'm here to tell you something. I feel like the Lord's speaking prophetically right now, saying this. I died that you might live high. I died that you might reign in this life. I died that you might walk as I walked. I died, my blood was shed, that the life that I lived through the Father, through the power of the Spirit, might be the life that you live. This is what gives me the greatest glory. Because even as Moses said, show me your glory. And I proclaim my name. I placed in you a hunger and a thirst to experience my glory. To prove my glory. And did I not say that if you would believe, you would see the very glory of God. I feel like the Lord said, the Lord say, I've given you this teaching even now. That you might see what it really means to be loved by me. So you could be loved by me. And understanding that the kingdom of heaven has come. The heart of the king. There's nothing to keep it back. It's to manifest in your life. Even as my name is to be manifested. The manifested name. Hallelujah. The name of glory. The manifested word. The Lord says I'm crying out in these last days. For a church. For a people who enter into my love, who give everything to be loved by me because it means everything to them, even as it means everything to me. I want to encourage you as never before. Enter in to the love of God, the amazing love of God, it is so amazing. I, I'm going to close with one verse. I'm running out of time. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. When it's talking about the love of God, it says this. Not unto him, oh, that's a verse 19, to know the love of Christ, 
which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. How do we give him glory in the church? By entering in to the exceedingly and abundantly love of God that is above all things according to the power that works in you. The Holy Spirit is in you to reveal to you the love of God, the wisdom of God of how to enter into it and listen to me and to confirm it even as you decree the decree. You decree the love words in these pages even as you decree the reality of it. He ever lives to glorify the Father through the blood of His Son by confirming it. James 4, 5 says that He is lusting. He is hungering. He is hovering. He is thirsting to confirm the love of God. The love of God caused Jesus to die. That His love his manifested name might be the life that you have. Truly, it's a life of infinite abundance. And as we enter in to this life, we will prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And people will come to this God of love. And we will love him in an amazing way. Because even as he first loved us, we will love him. And isn't this the greatest desire of yours as a child of the living God, as one born of him, to glorify his name, to minister to his heart. But we will only glorify his name as his name is manifested in us. And I pray in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit that the revelation glory will enter into you in a profound way. The wisdom to manifest this glory unto the glory of Father God. Again, in Jesus' name, may the love of God, the amazing love of God, reign in you and become your life.